Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the latest Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra Podcast. Pete Sampson joined as always by Kevin Sinclair and Tom Loy. And before we get into our five guys segment, as there's a lot of material to cover with coaches out on the road, Brian Kelly doing in-home visits, um, post-Stanford game. I think offensive line is is a position worth talking about as Notre Dame is in need of some extra talent there. And the offensive line just named a finalist for the Joe Moore Award today with Auburn and Alabama as well. So it's a position where Notre Dame has a, a great reputation and there's been a little bit of movement in terms of who they're really in on, who maybe they're out on now uh, to go with Cole Mabry or, and John Dirksen. And Tom, why don't you sort of update people in terms of how the board sits on the offensive line right now? Yeah, I think that when you really just look at the board, it's Nicholas Petit Freer and then probably everybody else. I mean, this is a, a five-star offensive tackle that some people look at um, – close to can't miss. Um, we're talking six, six, 275 pounds. One coach I spoke to, uh, uh, away from Notre Dame called him uh, an athletic freak that ever, anybody would love to get their hands on. So, um, obviously Harry, he is one of those guys. Notre Dame's going to be in to see him later this week on Thursday, which we reported irishillustrated.com earlier this week. So that's the guy to know. I mean, that's the guy that Notre Dame really, really wants. He's highly coveted by, the Irish, um, Alabama, Florida, Ohio State, many others, Michigan. So that's the guy to know um, if there's a, a guy that they could feel comfortable eventually replacing Mike McGlinchey um, with, and you know, the Robert Haynes, a Tommy Kramers, those guys down the road, it's, it's Petit Freer. After that, um, a guy that we, that Kevin and I have been, been reporting that Notre Dame is in on is, is Luke Jones. Um, and this is a, I know, I know he's a three-star, which everybody has their grapes about because they think that those guys are, are terrible football players. But when you watch Luke Jones tape, I mean, for me, I see a four-star caliber player, very athletic, six, five, two um, just a nasty physical player that would fit well, um, at Notre Dame. He's currently committed to Arkansas. He's an Arkansas native. However, you know, my Intel suggests that that commitment is not the, the most strong, at the moment and as we've reported in the past he's expected for the echoes notre dame's football awards banquet next weekend so um if all goes well and again nothing we haven't reported in the past um it wouldn't surprise me if he landed an offer publicly and potentially flipped to notre dame that's where my 24 7 sports crystal ball lies as of today and tom it's out the cade maze is a guy that you've been on top of that recruitment notre dame officially out there now yeah, I mean, he's not coming. I think he's ready to name a top three, which I don't see including Notre Dame. I know he continues to mention Notre Dame, but, you know, my intel suggests, and I believe Kevin's is the same, that, that he's not coming up for the uh, the banquet next weekend, which was a change of plans. So my crystal ball for him is currently on the Clemson Tigers. Yeah, and Kevin, you've sort of been 
did some digging into Luke Jones a little bit, talking to his offensive line coach, I believe. What what sort of intrigues you about Jones the more you learn about him? Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to mind is his film. I mean, if you watch his if you watch his uh, most recent film, his senior highlights, um, you'll see a guy they really get out pulling. Like you want to find talk about a, an offensive lineman who can pull, get up field, um, you know, really get down to the next level. Uh, Luke Jones is is that guy. Um, I talked to his offensive line coach yesterday um, at Pulaski Academy. Um, pretty uh, interesting program there. They're thirteen and zero right now. They're going to be playing a state championship. Um, elite academic school, and he's pulled uh, Pennsylvania, Yale, and Princeton offers from there. Um, you know, they pass the ball about seventy-five percent of their of their snaps, um, and he plays tackle. And his coach told me that at the college level. Um, in a heavy passing offense, he sort of sees him at tackle. He definitely has the feet for it. Um, in a, more of a maybe a heavy rush game, you could see him um, playing inside at guard, uh, especially for a lot of uh, you know pulling technique and stuff like that. So his position flexibility is interesting, uh, no doubt. And in, in terms of uh, Nick Petit Frere, I completely you know echo Tom's comments there. I, you know, I talked to his head coach uh, Dominic Seau. He's been coaching prep ball in Florida since '79 and told me Nick Matifer is the best player he's ever coached. Um, and uh, so we were talking about a pretty humble coach, too, to say that. So that was interesting. Um, also, for me, looking at you know Notre Dame, really focusing on uh, offensive tackles. Um, it's interesting because if you look at sort of Notre Dame got last year with Lug, Hainsey, and Banks, uh, Mavery and Dirksen um, also listed as tackles. I mean, those are five guys coming out of high school that were tackled. So it's interesting to think about um, you know, which one, which ones will be kicked inside a guard. I think uh, Banks is definitely a top candidate there. I feel like Dirksen um, probably end up inside as well. Um, you know, I think Lug and Hainsey are your, your tackles. And so we'll see, you know, but all of that's up for debate. It's really interesting to sort of keep an eye on. Yeah. I mean, Tom, you made a good point sort of on the, the three-star aspect of it, because that's a position where recruiting guys who are a little bit lower down the board is difficult because, well, what are you going to? Are you going to come in and beat out Banks, Gibbs, or uh, Banks, Hainsey, or Lug? Probably not. But in some ways, when when I see three star offensive linemen who's got really aggressive tape, I think about Trevor Ruland, who I really liked out of high school. He just needed to get a lot bigger, but I like the attitude. But Jones already has sort of that size. He doesn't really need to get bigger. He just needs to get stronger, the same way everybody else does. Do you do you sort of see the the size that Jones has? maybe separating him from a, from a typical sort of three-star offensive lineman who's a little bit more developmental. Yeah. And, and I, and I think that part of that is, so he committed in July. I think everybody pretty much had him pegged to stay in state playing for the Razorbacks and with a good season, you know, and, and with an, without a head coaching change, he probably, he probably sticks with Arkansas. I don't see him wavering on that decision at all. So sometimes sometimes those things come into play when you're looking at a kid and maybe you don't give them a, a full evaluation like you should. And I'm not, I'm calling anybody out for this. I'm talking about just the national perspective. Um, and Pete, you've done this a long time. You know that that kind of stuff comes into play sometimes. And um, if you've been committed forever, sometimes it's, it's not, doesn't create enough wow factor to go back and, and, you know, whether it's a high three-star, low four-star, I mean, he's committed. Let's just kind of keep it where it's at and, and kind of go from there. So, but with Jones, I mean, like I said, for me, you watch his tape, he looks like a guy that's going to perform at the level of a four-star recruit at the next level. Um, 
He has the size. He's a legit 6'4 plus, close to 300 pounds. Um, looked good when I saw him in South Bend for his unofficial visit earlier this fall. Um, and he moves so well. I mean, his tape is genuinely yeah. fun to watch. There's, there's nothing more enjoyable than, than watching good offensive line tape, maybe other than um, really good quarterback tape. So um, I think Jones has the makings of a guy that Notre Dame should be very excited about. Um, obviously, Harry Heastan likes what he sees. Chip Long, who loves, you know, the offensive line group. Um, that's a guy that has, is high on Jones. So um, I think, like I said, Fighting Irish fans should be pretty excited about what Jones could potentially bring to Notre Dame's 2018 class if all goes well. Yeah, I'm with you on sort of the early commit in-state. Also, Arkansas on top of that. I mean, you're, you're right. It's like that's, that's not a state that I think gets a ton of attention uh, from analysts just because it's a little bit out of the way. So that uh, I think that all plays a factor into it too. So, But let's spin it into five guys into a program that gets a ton of attention and a state that gets a ton of attention. And Tom, you had a pretty awesome update with Amon Ross St. Brown last night after uh, Brian Kelly made his third, <laughs> third in-home visit with that family. Uh, in the course of the last four years, I think. Uh, and Amon Ra had some really interesting stuff to say. So why don't you sort of lead us off there? Yeah, that was actually the first thing I said to him. I said, uh, so how was your third in-home visit with Brian Kelly? And, you know, he laughed and, and he, he said that it was exciting because this time, for the first time, it was completely about him. Um, and he was he was kind of excited to get home and see that Brian Kelly, Brian Polian, Delvin Alexander, all just hanging out with the family um when he arrived so obviously when you see the picture up at irishillustrated.com you notice that he's wearing um an interesting choice of t-shirt um, <laughs> you're wearing the same as, thing right as, now tom i'm sure <laughs> as well, as, well as, yeah obviously i just got my own okay. so as well as his football uniform so he he literally got home didn't change and showered, just kind of sat down with coaches to take full advantage um and spend as much time as possible with a coach that he absolutely loves i mean there is nothing but respect between amon ross st brown the five-star wide receiver out of California and, and head coach Brian Kelly. So in that sense, Notre Dame is very much in play in terms of the relationships he has with these coaches. He loves Alexander. In, in all reality, I know people had some concerns that Mike Denbrock left for Cincinnati, but Delvon Alexander has increased Notre Dame's chances. Um, whether they love what they saw out of the receivers this year, I mean, there were so many issues that we can deal with with the Notre Dame offense on another podcast, but they're um, – Alexander being on board helps Notre Dame's chances. Brian Polian helps Notre Dame's chances. And obviously we talked about the relationship with him and Brian Kelly. So um, this, this comes down to a, a simple fact that Amon Ross St. Brown is, has never been shy about saying he wants to play at the NFL level. He wants to win a Heisman national championship, all that good stuff in college. And he wants to go catch a ton of passes and make a ton of plays in college. I mean, who doesn't want that kind of guy playing for their program? So, my gut, though, at this point is that it's probably going to be him suiting up for USC playing against Notre Dame. Now, I don't think this is a done deal. I don't think he's completely made up his mind. But the JT Daniels connection, the chance to play with him for a couple years um, with USC, uh, the, the fact that, like I said this morning on the Irish Illustrated message boards, that USC is involved with uh, a potential grad transfer for next year. And the fact that Notre Dame, I mean, people talk about Notre Dame's depth chart being, you know, wide open for Amon Ra, and it is, I think he would be a potential day one starter because he's that special of a player. That's very possible at USC as well. There's not a bunch of world beaters over there that's going to keep him from seeing the field. So 
it's not like a typical USC team where you have a bunch of stars out there. So that doesn't really help Notre Dame's chances. I just think it's going to come down to where he feels most comfortable. And the fact that Notre Dame's passing attack didn't wow a lot of people. The fact that they completed only 50% of their passes between Brandon Wimbush and Ian Book, it's just not helping. So Notre Dame's got a shot. You know, they're selling come be a come be our starting punt returner, potentially kick returner, come catch a ton of balls as a freshman. They're doing what they can. They're not getting out recruited for this one. It's just going to come down to him making a gut decision. And I, I genuinely think that the quarterback situa- situation at USC, which is, in my opinion, a little stronger than it currently is in South Bend, is what's going to uh, kind of get him to play for the Trojans. But if you get a second, go to irishillustrated.com, especially the VIP subscribers. Take a look at what he had to say. Some of St. Brown's comments were, were eye-opening. I mean, they weren't the most positive toward, toward Notre Dame in some factors, but everybody seemed to love the article, um, and they loved the honest, uh, candid approach that most people, um, including his brother Equinemius, don't always give. So it was a, it was a, I thought it was a pretty fun article to write. Yeah, I mean, he's a, his personality is very USC that would also fit at Notre Dame, if that makes sense to people. Um, Tom, I'm curious about your opinion on one dynamic of this the JT Daniels obviously is a big factor for USC, but um, I was a little surprised that Amon Ra has not connected really or watched much of, of Phil Dracovic. And that was something that I asked Amon Ra at the opening in the summer. We were both out there and he said that, he, you know, they had never really talked or corresponded. Does that surprise you that there's not much of a relationship there? And is, is that something that we should read into? So, as you know, the quote he gave me was, if he's up for National Player of the Year, obviously it's pretty good. Yeah. I can only assume, only assume he can really play, though. That's clearly, wow, this kid's pretty good statistically. He's up for the same award I am. But, yeah, I barely know the guy. I didn't talk to him a ton when I was in South Bend. I met him. We chat, chopped it up a little bit. But um, the guy I really know well is feet from me in the huddle that may be the best quarterback in the country, regardless of class. And he's already committed to USC and JT Daniel. So while it does surprise me, because I know Phil has definitely reached out to Amon Ra. He's done his part, but um, I just don't think that that's the kind of stuff that's going to, uh, um, that relationship is not going to be the, 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 what gets him to Notre Dame. I mean, if he, he trusts Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly said, we'll get it right. As soon as you arrive, we will 100% get it right. And he even mentioned that keep an eye on the bowl game. He wants them to see an improved passing game. And I don't know if you can really improve it that much more at that point a few weeks from now. So it's going to be interesting how it all plays out. But um, like you said, at this point, I mean, it's really hard to see him choosing uh, a school just by simply watching how the passing attack performed this year. Yeah. Kevin, who did you want to start out with this week for your five guys? Yeah. Well, without a doubt for me um, recently, the, the story that has jumped out has been uh, cornerback Kyler Gordon out of Everett, Washington, Archbishop Murphy, um, five foot 11, 185 pounds, four-star prospects, number 152 overall. Um, so if you're a Notre Dame fan, you follow recruiting, you certainly know Kyler Gordon, um, you know, Notre Dame's very top cornerback prospect. Many argue that he's their top defensive prospect uh, left on their board right now. Um, you know, this has come down to Notre Dame and Washington. And um, basically the sense that I've gotten from speaking with sources uh, close to the situation, um, I've kind of felt like Notre Dame, uh, for Kyler Gordon, uh, he, he kind of is leaning towards Notre Dame and the program itself. I think that that, that has had an edge. But his relationship with the coaching staff at Washington 
has been so much stronger. And what I felt is, you know, from what I've heard, um, is Notre Dame slowly closing that gap. Um, so I think it really sort of started with Todd Light um, in October, traveling up to uh, Everett to attend one of his games, even though he was injured, made the effort to go all the way up there. Um, this is another one of those sort of combined efforts. You know, Mike Elko, Brian Polian, Brian Kelly are all in, in on this. I feel like they started to sort of jump ahead in that sort of, you know, coach relationship race there. Um, and then, of course, on Monday, uh, Brian Kelly, uh, Ed, Brian Kelly and uh, Brian Pohl and uh, Todd Light all made it up to uh, his home. Um, so uh, following that visit, which I was told went really well, and Brian Kelly was a, a huge part of that. Um, you know, he really sold Notre Dame well. Uh, he planned to take a three-day trip to Notre Dame uh, during the Echoes Banquet weekend, um, looking to sort of build the relationship with his staff. I have to think that that will, you know, push Notre Dame uh, up there um, and, you know, where they'll end up landing this guy. Um, of course, Washington is going to be fighting back very hard. They've been, you know, in it with Gordon for a long time. It's a home state school. But I, you know, this three-day trip to Notre Dame on his own dime after he obviously took an official visit already, um, I got to think that Notre Dame's going to end up landing Kyler Gordon. Yeah, Tom, what, uh, yeah. what what's sort of your vibe on, on Kyler Gordon? You've sort of been plugged into this one from a different perspective. Yeah, I actually just wanted to add one quick thing because that's all great stuff. Kevin's been all over the Kyler Gordon recruitment from start to finish. Um, I kind of want to plug something we I'll have coming up here uh, either Wednesday or Thursday, but a full recruiting insider um, kind of touching base on a lot of where Notre Dame's been lately, um, how that's gone behind the scenes, things like that. But the one thing I want to say right now that um, Washington, there's a lot, a lot of negative recruiting going on for Notre Dame right now. And needless to say, there's a not there's not a lot of people that are happy about it. So uh, I'll have more on that um, in a, a VIP piece. Um, but with with Kyler Gordon, man, Washington is pulling no uh, pulling out all the stops to, to try to land that kid and keep him in state. Um, and throwing throwing Notre Dame under the bus is a uh, it's pretty interesting to see what kind of uh, stuff I've been hearing on the trail so far. So I'll have more of that um, in the Irish Illustrated Insider that I'm going to post in the next you know 24 to 48 hours. But yeah, I think uh, Notre Dame fans would find that pretty interesting. That um, that probably speaks well to Notre Dame's position, at least the perceived position with Washington, because you usually don't go Absolutely. negative unless you think the guy's getting away from you. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Tom, where did you want to go next uh, for in our five guys? Yeah, let's look at uh, another kid they just saw. Actually, Amon Ra St. Brown's teammate at uh, Modern Day in, in uh, Anaheim, California, Solomon Tuliapupu. Um, 6'2", linebacker, uh, U.S. Army All-American, arguably the top linebacker in the entire country, big-time talent. Um, visited Notre Dame earlier this year for an official visit on October 21st. Um, a lot of people thought he was just coming to see USC. I think heading into that visit, that was probably the case coming out of it, that things were much different. And um, from everything I've gathered, that um, the in-home visit this week, just yesterday on Tuesday, couldn't have gone better. Uh, Notre Dame's pushing all the right buttons there. Um, early in the process, this is a guy that I never thought would I would put in a 24-7 sports crystal ball for Notre Dame. And, and I haven't. I don't want to get it twisted that, that that's coming. But Notre Dame is if – he, if he out of nowhere said, I'm going to Notre Dame, I genuinely wouldn't be shocked. It wouldn't be one of those 
Manti Teo situations where I just thought, wow, because he continues to say all the right things. His father, when we, when we talk, he says all the right things about his interest in Notre Dame. The fact that his son was so engaged when he was in South Bend. Um, I think the only thing that's really holding things up is the distance. I think that USC hasn't done a very good job with recruiting him, which is why Ohio State looked like the team to be early on. I think Notre Dame may have even replaced Ohio State um, in that sense as like the team to beat away from home. So if they can get over that and take on the challenges uh, of, the, of Notre Dame's academics and the day-to-day uh, life of a Notre Dame student-athlete, then it wouldn't shock me if he ended up picking Notre Dame because I, I, I don't feel confident that, that USC is recruiting him um, at the level that they should rather than just a guy that they expect to land because he's right in their backyard. So where they're laying the red carpet out for a guy like Amon Ra, they haven't exactly been doing that with Julia Pupu. And I wonder if that's going to kind of bite them um, in the long run. So it'll be something interesting. It's going to be very hard for him to say no to USC. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, you want to go somewhere you're wanted. And um, Notre Dame, Clark Lee, Brian Pullian, Brian Kelly, uh, Mike Elko have all pushed all the right buttons. And um, it's that that's a recruitment that, that Notre Dame fans still need to continue watching. That's interesting. Yeah, I had sort of written that one off after the official visit um, just because, yeah. yeah, the dynamics of that didn't, didn't really scream Notre Dame. But considering how much Notre Dame is pushing for extra linebacker talent, even in the middle with all the guys they have committed, that, that could be a – a pretty interesting development late in the game. Um, Kevin, a guy that uh, you've been all over from the beginning, both you guys have got a pretty good relationship with this guy, Notre Dame's top wide receiver commitment. You talked to him last night. What, uh, what's sort of the latest on Kevin Austin for the next in our five guys segment? Yeah, I talked to Kevin Austin last night, um, just after Autry Denson had left. Um, that was the first uh, in-home visit that he'll have next week. Um, you know, Notre Dame staff will be back there. Um, at his house, that would be Denson, Alexander, and Kelly. Um, he's really excited about that. He couldn't be, you know, firmer of a commit. Um, obviously, it came down to Notre Dame, Miami, Duke, and Tennessee. Um, and yeah, I basically got into some different details. I got into asking him about, um, you know, his freshman year. Um, you know, he's really hoping to see the field, but, um, you know, it's a, a situation where he's just happy to be going to Notre Dame. And he's um, decided after drug, uh, kind of thinking about a few different majors, he's decided to study business, knows all about Mendoza School of Business, really excited about that. Um, and then he, uh, we actually discussed recruiting. And, um, you know, I, I haven't really taken Kevin as, uh, you know, a big recruiter or a guy sort of like Marky Step early on, really getting after a lot of prospects. But he's kind of turning up the heat there a little bit. And it's with, uh, you know, slot receiver prospect Lawrence Keys. So they've been in touch. He's really pushing them to get up to campus. Um, it's been interesting sort of with, uh, you know, Keys kind of pushing his visit a few times, not making it to Echoes because he's visiting Houston. Um, Keys told me that, you know, Delvon Alexander will be visiting him tomorrow on Thursday, and they're going to um, discuss uh, his official visit and when that'll be. Um, but, yeah, of course, like, like we've been saying all along, Keys is just such a a great fit uh, in the Irish offense from a positional standpoint and, you know, a slot guy, um, a guy who'd be really dangerous uh, on sort of jet sweeps in space, uh, bubble screens, and also a vertical threat and just fits with the wide receivers they have in this class really well. Um, and from a, you know, a character standpoint, I would certainly vouch for him there. Um, and we get the sense that Notre Dame 
really likes this kid, Chip Long, uh, really close with him. So anyways, I'm getting a little uh, extra boost from Notre Dame commit Kevin Austin. said Micah Jones is in there too, doing his part. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to see how that one uh, finishes off. Yeah, it's uh, if it's not going to be Amon Ross St. Brown, Lawrence Keys would be, I think, just certainly not at the level of Amon Ross, but he's a very quality slot receiver prospect. And Tom, you finish it up with a guy that I think we all pegged for Notre Dame early, then he visits Michigan over the weekend. Now there's a little bit of uncertainty there, but what's sort of the latest on Tommy Trumbull? Yeah, I think early on, when everybody, when he first kind of jumped on the radar, everybody assumed, okay, he's going to Georgia. He's from Norcross, Georgia. Parents attended Georgia. I mean, let's move on. Spoke to Tommy as soon as he got the offer, and I did not get the vibe that he was going to Georgia. Um, in fact, and, and we've, we've reported this at Irish Illustrated and 24-7 Sports, that the, they, that staff, um, they don't do a great job with Georgia alumni, um, at least when it came to the Trembles. So, Initially, I thought, okay, Notre Dame's going to be the team to be because he's already gushing about him, and he knows so much about Notre Dame. Um, he's got a visit lined up. He's planning on being back for the official visit. Anyway, fast forward to now. He's taken three visits. Notre Dame is um, continues to me uh, look like the team to beat. I know that there's a ton of talk about Michigan. Um, I don't want to say I don't buy it, but I still feel really good about my 24-7 sports crystal ball um, that I put way back when in for, for Tremble to Notre Dame. Um, I think that the Michigan love is more a creation of hype. And I think that in the end, Chip Long, Notre Dame's offensive coordinator and tight ends coach who was in there this week is going to get his man. This staff, um, they really want him. I, I understand that they have another tight end committed in, in George, in George Tackett, a U.S. Army All-American, but Tremble, and unfortunately he was injured for his senior season, but this is a guy that I think would have risen to a four-star level, super, super good athlete. Um, really yeah. talented player, both at tight end and defensive end. Um, just a really good athlete that I think can make a difference on both sides of the ball. So Notre Dame's pushing really hard here. They they want to land him. And barring a shock, I know Crystal Balls has come in lately for Michigan. Um, I, I think that I think that Notre Dame's in good spot in a good spot, and I think they're going to get their guy. Yeah, I mean, he'd be an important athlete to add. I know there's some versatility there, whether it's offense, defense. And you look at Notre Dame's tight end depth chart, it was fine this year, but Durham Smythe is gone. Nick Wisher will have the option of a grad transfer. Alize Mack struggled this year. And then Durham's, or, um, Cole Komet and Brock Wright were basically situational players. So it's a, it's a, it's a wide-open position, and, and Trumbull could be part of the solution of sort of the rebuild there under Chip Long. So it would be a, be a big get. Well, we'll be back next week with our next Irish Illustrated Insider Recruiting Extra podcast, previewing visitors coming in for the Echoes. Uh, it's usually a opportunity for Notre Dame to close the deal on a few prospects. And with the early signing period coming up, that could be even more true this cycle. So until next week, Pete Sampson, Tom Loy, Kevin Sinclair, thanks for listening. 